Jesus Christ, the Son, precious Lamb of God, Messiah. Oh. There is a redeemer. There is a redeemer. Jesus Christ, the Jesus Christ, the Son, precious Lamb of God, Messiah. Thank you, Lord. We are impacted by your word in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Glory. Glory. <laughs> Praise God. So, Divine Consciousness, John chapter 3. John chapter 3. Verse 6, I want the NIV. The King James says, That which is born of the flesh is flesh, and that which is born of the spirit is spirit. And NIV says, Flesh gives birth to flesh, but the spirit gives birth to spirit. Now, in this particular um, scripture, Jesus was, the context, he was speaking about being born again. So the first flesh gives birth to flesh, is the first birth, the, the birth of your parents. The flesh gives birth to flesh. 
So when you were born the first time, it was a fleshly birth. And he says, but spirit gives birth to spirit. When you were born again, you were born of the spirit. So, spirit. So, your life is not supposed to take after the similitude of the flesh. How the flesh goes. How people of the flesh go. How they uh, reason. How they do things. Today I was in a discussion. And I was telling someone. Anytime you find out that. You, you want to. You want, in quotes, justice. And you are doing it out of bitterness or anger. You can never um, be right with God. You can have a point. And we're talking about divine consciousness. What, how did Jesus think? What does, what does a, uh, 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 a born-again Christian. What is he supposed to think like? Bible says that the carnal-minded person, he said carnal-minded, and he said an enmity with God. The carnal mind fights God. First Corinthians chapter 3, verse 1, King James. First Corinthians chapter three verse one. King James. And I, brethren, could not speak unto you as unto spiritual, but as unto carnal, even as unto babes in Christ. Now over here you see spiritual and carnal. And he said, even as unto babes. So, a babe in Christ is a carnal Christian. So, he says, I, brethren, could not speak to you even as unto spiritual, but as unto carnal, even as unto babes in Christ. Continue. I have fed with milk and not with meat, for hitherto you were not able to bear it, neither now are ye able. For ye are not, for ye are yet carnal, for whereas there is among you envying. Last week I talked about gossiping. Most people gossip out of envy. No, because if it really is not getting to you, you will not find anything to say about it. So it says, for ye are yet carnal. So anytime you sit with somebody and the person begins to gossip, you are seeing an envious person and a carnal Christian. So it says, for ye are yet carnal, for whereas there is among you envying and strife. I'm not talking to this person. You are a baby Christian. You are carnal. You are not spiritual. You are not walking in a divine consciousness. There are different forms of envying. For example, you saw that you you were in church and maybe you were sick, somebody else was sick, the person got healed and you were not healed. And you go back home, God, why? God, why? You are expressing a type of envy. He said, there's among you envying and strife and divisions, clans. Now, he's talking to a church. Let me tell you something. People who are publicly blessed by God are people who take public stands for God. I told you the story of a sister who was sitting with one gentleman. And the gentleman began to complain about the office, the, the, the office, and he was talking about they don't do this, they don't do this. The woman stood up and said, Take it. Publicly. I said something on Sunday. I said, If you are afraid to offend people to obey God, you're not going anywhere. You cannot do everything out of sentiment. Sometimes you want to take a decision. Your sentiment and emotions are going one direction. And the word of God is also going another direction. And you feel like, oh, the person will be hurt. Let me share a story with you. I think this story, I even shared it with uh, one of you this, this afternoon. I said 
woman wanted me to pray for her concerning something. And, you know, she was saying this and that and that. And, yeah, sympathy. I had sympathy for her and all that. And we prayed. Then I gave her an instruction. I said, do this and do that. She had not done it. But at the time she had not done it, she was still calling me to, in quotes, still, you know, come and pray and come around and visit. I am, listen, I am a man of God. Don't think that the fact that the man of God is your friend means that is it. The instruction I gave her is more important than me coming to visit her. So I feel like sentiment and I had not come in a very long while. In a very long time, I was not going. He was calling. I was, doing, I was not going because once you have not done the instruction, sentiments away, I'm not coming. You have to understand that's the nature of God. You can be worshipping and crying. Once you are not obedient to the things that the Spirit of God has said to you, no performance from God. No performance from God. There are Christians who go to church all night, pray. They feel they are very close to God, yet they are very broke. Why? Because when it comes to the things that have to do with prosperity and having money, God, ha- God has his principles intact. He will not break his scripture because of you. You see? So, is that strife, clans, especially in churches? Another, I know that um, when I look at the church, we have quite a number of people who, are, who just came in and they are trying to grow. So sometimes the tendency of having some of these things happen is very high. Clans, groups, groups. They take their orientation in the world. They want to bring it into church. Groups. And our group is like this. We are groupers like that. I'm not talking about even fellowships. No, there's, there's fellowships and that's to help family growth and, and all that in the church. But I mean, aside that, some people have formed other clans. They have done collecting of different you know, fellowships, and they are like this, and they talk about this sect of people, and don't bring your classroom things into it. He said divisions. I heard a story of a, uh, a pastor who was saying that um, some members of his church don't like him. My, what nonsense. You don't like him, leave the church. You don't like your pastor, you don't like your pastor, leave the church. <laughs> Why are you there? Because they are there, they are are on mischief. So, these things affect your faith. Faith becomes a mystical topic. Listen now. Faith becomes a mystical topic and something that you need to apply when you are not aware of, you know, you are not aware of who you are. Jesus Christ never did any strange, you know, maneuvering when it came to faith. No strange maneuvering. He was aware of who he was. He was constantly saying it. So when he was breaking the bread, he didn't pray any dangerous prayer. Are you getting it? He was aware of who he was. So when he was going to raise Lazarus, no dangerous prayer. It was part of his being. It was his consciousness. Like it's your consciousness that you're a boy. Like it's your consciousness that you're a girl. So it is, it, it's inside you. So there's a way you reason. I don't know how many of you heard the testimony of your friend. You warned him at the, at the mall. And on Sunday he was in church and I was teaching on divine emulations. I said, laugh. Some people were sitting down. Some people are just so stubborn. To the extent that even God, I mean, Jesus Christ has to say, Jesus Christ said, he that are near, let him hear. <laughs> Some people are just so stubborn. You know, they are just sitting down. And they will, they will finish after seven and they say, Pastor, that there is something they had a dream. They are, they are teaching you something. You are not doing it. Now, this guy, you know, Sometimes it's amazing that it's those who come to church fresh who come and receive and go. The guy just came on Sunday and I was teaching on divine emulations. What is that? Laugh. Laugh. And I was doing ha 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 in church. I thought we don't have anything to do. <laughs> now, the guy just listened to the laughter I laughed. Ha ha ha. Three. Ha ha ha. Ha ha ha. He went to job the next day. The next day, right? And they, their office, they had a vessel that had to come in and the thing was going to come late. They said, something has stopped at the port. Something, something, plenty, something, their vessel is not coming. Then when, when they told them in the office, he began, ha, ha, ha. <laughs> he began to laugh. And they were surprised. Ah, what's wrong with you? 
So they, they went to even report him to their boss because they've said a serious thing. <laughs> He's laughing. Then when they called him there, he began again. Ha <laughs> ha! Many, how many hours did it take for the miracle? In about two hours. Everything changed. And they told him, okay, down the vessel can come at the right time. And the boss was like, ah, maybe you knew before, that is why you were laughing. He said, ha ha ha! Divine emulations. As simple as something like that is, people will choose 10 hours of prayers than that. <laughs> Jesus was not weird. Jesus never sent anybody to go and bring four potatoes. Are you listening? Yet, if that is what I do here, some of you will take it more seriously than the simple things I'm teaching. And I say, next week Sunday, everybody should bring red, red cloth. Red cloth. And that is a prophetic direction. Red tread. Four candles. Milk and, 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 and needle. And needle. And that in service. The first person to pass the thread to the needle will have his breakthrough quicker. In the one that breaks, breaks my heart till today, you hear that I keep saying it camphor and coke. What a solution. You will see how people will come on Sunday in the name of Jesus. Begin to put the thread in the needle. You see how. You are, you are a Nollywood, you are a Nollywood actor. That's it, that's the problem. You are a Nollywood actor. People like mysterious things. Listen, I see the spirit of death around you. Four days, you're going to fast. No water. Don't take anything. Four days. Sometimes we have to pray for people and shout because of some of these things. Sometimes when we pray for people, we have to shout. But in actual sense, I'm not supposed to shout. Sometimes because some people, if the pastor doesn't do his face, <laughs> they feel like then it's not powerful. But if you come to church and I'm preaching normally like this and I say, you are blessed in Jesus' name, man. I'm blessed. They feel like no, it's not, it was no ginger. I want to go to church and... So, some of these people now have adopted some of these plans. You see, they are, they are, they are posters. Kill the devil, part two. <laughs> the, the last time I saw prison break. <laughs> season five. <laughs> I'm always surprised very soon we see a pastor. Game of Thrones. <laughs> End game. Wow. For ye are yet carnal, for whereas there is among you envying and strife and divisions, are ye not carnal and walk as men? You see, are ye not carnal and walk as men? A consciousness. Do you know the Bible says that when two Christians have a problem, they shouldn't carry it to court. Do you know that? Yeah. Yeah. Bible says when two Christians have a problem, they shouldn't carry it to court. Why? Because of your your divine location, who we are. We cannot two Christians cannot carry our our born again nature to go and sit under an unbeliever to judge us. I said, God is looking for the day. Today I was telling Brown. I said, God is looking for the day that a Christian will have a land dispute with another person. Then the Christian will say, don't worry, you take it. God is waiting for that day. Luke chapter 12. Verse 13. 
And one of the companies said unto him, Master, speak to my brother that he divide the inheritance with me. The guy is right. No, verse 13, go back to verse 13. The guy is right. And see Jesus thinking. If you can make this your thought process, you, you'll, be, you'll, be, you'll be more free in life. And one of my companies said unto him, uh, and one of the companies said unto him, Master, speak to my brother that he divide the inheritance with me. Speak to my brother that he divide the inheritance with me. The guy is right. He said, it's my brother. We are supposed to divide the inheritance. But probably my brother has taken all the inheritance. He said, Master, speak to my brother that he divide the inheritance with me. See what Jesus Christ said. And he said unto him, Man, who made me a judge or divider over you? Verse 15. And he began to address the problem. Now over here, Jesus Christ is addressing the guy's heart. It's not the fact that he's right. He begins to address his heart. That Jesus Christ saw that the main reason why this guy is asking the master to divide the inheritance with him is that he has something in him called covetousness. He said, and he said unto them, Take heed and beware of covetousness. Take heed and beware of covetousness. He said, For a man's life consisted not in the abundance of things which he possesses. Jesus Christ spoke of a treasure in heaven. How many of us are conscious? I said divine consciousness. How many of us are, are conscious that the money that leaves your hand has not yet left your life? How many are conscious? You see, you have to be conscious that anytime you are making a giving in church, you have not thrown your money away. Anytime you give to the poor, you have not thrown your money away. Anytime you make a giving for the right cause, you have not thrown the money away. How many of you are conscious? A divine consciousness. See how Jesus Christ was thinking. I mean, I thought about it. Sometimes we just speed read the Bible and we don't understand the real things. I thought about it. Jesus knew he had a treasure called um, Judas Iscariot. He was stealing money, yet he never spoke about it. Was he not concerned that they would not have money to do their work? Take heed. And be well covetousness. Sometimes the reason why you are insisting on your rights is because you are covetous in your heart. You are not covetous because you want it to uh, rightly affect somebody or not. No, you are being covetous because. So, I mean, I, I listen to a great man of God. He's one of my mentors. I mean, I, I listen to him almost every day. He said something that's striking. He said he told his dad. And I want all of you to pick a cue from that. It's good if your dad gives you a good inheritance, it's good. It's a good leverage to start with. You know what he said? When they were divided his will, the, the dad's will among him and his brothers, he told his dad, I will not need anything. You can share it among my brothers. He's one of the richest men of God in Africa today. He said, I will not need anything you are giving my mother. He said, you can share it among my brothers. A divine consciousness. You see, when you begin to think, and that they are cheating me, and we need to do something about it, they are taking all the inheritance away, they are taking all the land away, they are taking all this away. No, we have to stand for our rights. So because of that, you cannot even pray kingdom advancement prayers. You cannot pray for yourself because I was sharing a testimony of um, one of the sisters here. So when she came to church, I said she was, te- she, she, she was looking like she's 50. 20 year old girl. 20 something year old girl. She's looking like she's 50 because she has carried the whole issues of the world on her head. She came to church. She's going to say, Pastor, this is How she said, and I said, you know what? Just keep coming to church. She kept coming and kept coming. After a while, her focus shifted from whatever was going on in the family, it's not as though it was not important. Her focus shifted from there. Then, she started paying attention to herself. Now, she started falling in love with the, the work of God. Now, she started herself. Now, she started having members. Now, her mind has shifted from the fact that her, her brother has run mad, or this is going on, or that is going on. Now, she's focusing on the word of God. As she kept focusing on the work of God, months came. Her brother is back from the rehab. Yeah. Focusing on the work of God. But then, when you are filled with your problem and what is going on with you and what is going on in your life, you are filled with it and pastor will not rest, your fellowship will not rest because this thing has to be done. This thing has to be finished. And you know what, what I noticed? Most of the time, when people receive miracles, you don't see them in church again until there's another need for one. You see? And beware of covetousness. A man's life does not consist. For a man's life consists not in the abundance of things which he possesses. A divine consciousness. What is your 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 um 
mental compilation or mental acceptance or how do you reason? How do you see having money in your account? How do you see it? Do you think that all that your life is worth is what is in your account? You're wrong. And the world teaches us that way. So you see a Forbes list, is worth this. Don't let anyone label you like that. Are you listening? The earth is the Lord and the fullness thereof. You are not worth a million dollars because that's what's in your account. That's not your worth. You can't tell, you can't tell me that is my worth. He is worth this. That's nonsense. I told you, your prosperity is not what is in your bank account. Your prosperity is what's in your heart account. You don't need to have the money for what you need. You don't need to have it in your account. Oh, but Pastor, then what will we do? You need to have it in your heart. The first thing is, does God want me to have it? That's number one. If God wants me to have it, I'm going to stretch my faith toward it. I'm going to look at it. So I get what I want. Understand? Then you, 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 you put your heart toward what it is. This, does God want me to have it? Yes. Then I can stretch my faith toward it. And I begin to act my faith toward it. It doesn't have to be in my account. When I want it, it shows up. Praise God. I'm growing my faith. I'm growing my faith. In the name of Jesus. So, we talked about the, the divine elements on Sunday. Our divine location. And there was such a beautiful time. We, we are citizens of heaven. So we reason like that. Hey. We reason like that. We are citizens of heaven. We are not behaving like people who are trying to go to heaven. No, we are citizens of heaven. We were born there. He said, uh, uh, open the book of Psalms. Glory, glory, glory. Psalm 87. Psalm 87. I will record Rahab and Babylon among those who acknowledge me, Felicia to entire along with uh, Cush, and will say, this one was born in Zion. Verse 5. Indeed, of Zion it will be said, this one and that one was born in her, and the Most High himself will establish her. Verse 6. He said, the Lord will write in the register of the peoples, this one was born in Zion. I listen. Go to Hebrews chapter 12, verse 22, NIV. But you have come to Mount Zion, to the heavenly Jerusalem, the city of the living God. You have come to thousands upon thousands of angels in joyful assembly. Continue. To the church of the firstborn, whose names are written in heaven. I see that. Whose names are written in heaven. So, it was not like we are trying to go to heaven. When it starts your divine consciousness. It says, whose names are written in heaven. Other versions say, whose names are registered in heaven. I'm registered in heaven. Yeah, I'm registered in heaven. Nobody is going to make me feel like I'm not going to heaven. Check your life. Check your life. Are you really going to heaven? They usually do it with a gramophone. Check your life. Check your life. Are you really going to heaven? Check it well. Check it well. Sometimes you should reply some of those days. Glory, I'm going. My name is registered in heaven. Yeah. So you define location. You are conscious of it. You are conscious of it. Now, we talked about the divine um, company, who we are with, who are we with. You see, we can be walking here like this. You know, sometimes I love, I love it when, when the Lord sends me to go and do something. Sometimes during the day, you know, while I'm walking. Now, there are two ways of acknowledging angelic presence. Some people see visions. Like I do see visions sometimes. Sometimes I don't see visions. I discern the presence of angels. So sometimes, you just know that, no, there's something in this room. I don't know if you've ever experienced it. 
You just know that, no, there's, there's something here. You know? You just discern the presence of angels. But you, you are afraid to say it because you say, hey, maybe if I say it and it's not true, maybe I'm lying. You know? But you've discerned, there's, there's, there's something like that. It's called the discerning. It's called discerning. You've discerned the presence of angels. So because we are, we are, we are around angels. We are around angels. Jacob went to lie on a place and he saw a ladder with, with heavenly, uh, transaction. An open heaven. Angels were going up and down and he says that the Lord has been here and I did not know it. There are angels. There are angels all over. When you sit in your room, they are angels. They are angels. But you need to be conscious of them because I said um, consciousness activates spiritual activity. It activates spiritual activity. It brings it home to you. You know, because it is a reality in the spirit, but your mind is the bridge. Your mind is the bridge. And he says, whose names are written in heaven. He says, you have come to God, the judge of all, to the spirits of righteous men made perfect. Talking about those um, saints who have taken, who have gone ahead of us. Now that brings me to talking about saints. Now, have you noticed that um, they call some people who are dead saints? Saints are not dead. Uh oh. What did you say? Yeah, saints are not dead. That when a person dies, then a person call, they call the person saints. I'm a saint. No, you didn't catch it. I'm a saint. So you can call me saint. You know. You know. <laughs> no. Ephesians chapter five. Ephesians chapter 4, sorry. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 12. Uh, let's start from verse 10. Ephesians chapter, 12, chapter 4. Ephesians chapter 4. He that descended is the same also that ascended far above all heavens, that he might fill all things. And he gave some apostles, and some prophets, and some evangelists, and some pastors and teachers. And he says what? For the perfecting of the saints. I want to bring a thought here to you. That means saints are not necessarily perfect. This is the construction. Is that for the perfecting of the saints? Who is a saint? A saint is a holy person. A saint is not somebody who is who has walking like a ghost on the road, like well long skirt. In the... You know, that's not a saint. Peter called himself well for holy brethren. Once you get born again, now I want to explain to you holiness. Holiness is not doing, it's like, uh, don't say, oh, today, this week I've been holy. <laughs> holiness is not an activity. Hey, 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 hey. Holiness is not an activity. It's like you did something and you are now holy. No, no, no. Okay, let me ask you a question. Moses got to a place, there was a burning bush. Once he got there, God said, remove your sandals for where you stand is the holy ground. What did the ground do? <laughs> totally nothing once the presence of God came upon the ground the ground became holy so the day the presence of God came into your heart the day you got born again and you became the temple of God you became holy so Peter said wherefore holy brethren qualification so he says for the perfecting of the saints so you are a holy person undergoing perfection for the perfecting of the saints who are the saints? We are the saints. Saints are not dead people. Saints are people who are alive. That's what the scripture says. Saints are people who are alive. People who have received Jesus Christ. If you have received Jesus Christ, you have received the Holy Ghost, you are a saint. Maybe you need more proof. Let me give you more proof. First Corinthians chapter 1. Now, the letters he wrote, Paul wrote, if he, he wrote the letters to the Corinthians, that means he wrote to everybody in Corinth. Because they, when, in those days, when they take the letter there, the pastor will preach it. Because they don't have a photocopy machine for everybody to photocopy his part and go. So the, the pastor will read 
We read everybody. Paul has written us a letter. He said, wherefore, you understand? So he read it to them. So he says, Paul is reading to all of them. He said, Paul, called to be an apostle of Jesus Christ through the will of God and softness our brother. Unto the church of God, which is at Corinth, to them that are sanctified in Christ Jesus, called to be saints. Ah. To them who are sanctified in Christ Jesus, called to be saints. With all that in every place, call upon the name of Jesus Christ, both theirs and ours. Is that called to be saints? Is that the ones who are sanctified in Christ Jesus? Is that and are called to be saints? When you get born again, you become a saint. So that's why we don't pray to saints. Hey, 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 hey. Because I'm a saint. The father wants to hear my voice. You get it? You know when the Bible says that Jesus Christ is interceding for us in heaven. You know people say that the thing that when we pray, when we are doing wrong things, Jesus Christ is begging God, God, please, God, please, God, leave me, leave me, leave me. Hello. Have you ever had that, that mentality? It's not true. Jesus Christ is begging. begging. So every time Jesus says, his knees will be hurting him. Jesus is begging. Father, Father, Father. Then you do want to, you steal meat from the soup. Then Father will say, no. No. Jesus says, please, please. One day we'll have time to go through what? One day we'll have time to go through the, the, the protocols of heaven and what ha- has to do with the ark. Now, number one, the reason why Jesus sent his blood to the Father was that the blood was supposed to be on the mercy seat. And that blood is already a testimony. Listen now. Oh, that blood is already a testimony that it has been paid. God cannot be angry with you. I explained to you concerning mercy. I said, in mercy... God looks at you and forgives you. So God had to have mercy on David. But in grace, God looks at Jesus and forgives you. Did you get it? See, mercy and grace. So on the mercy seat of God, the blood of Jesus is already a testimony. Now, why did Jesus Christ have to be in heaven as a man? We call him advocate, interceding. Not, not, um, the, the, the word interceding over there is not an active word. It's, it's a passive word and more like a profession. Interceding. That means Jesus Christ's presence in the throne room is because of man. Do you get it? Man has an advocate in the court. You didn't catch it. So it's not like the father is sitting down there. Because when you go to heaven now, you don't see the father. When you go to heaven today, you're not going to see the Father. So, so oh, Jesus is sitting on the right-hand side of God. Wrong. Why would never see Jesus sitting on the right-hand side of God? He's not sitting on the right-hand side of God. He's sitting at the right hand of God. It's a different... <laughs> to sit at the right hand of God is to sit at the place of power. Not right-hand side. So, they see that when you go to heaven, and the Father is sitting at Jesus Christ. <laughs> no there's only one throne in heaven and Jesus is seated on it deputy God <laughs> there's only one throne in heaven and Jesus is seated on that throne one day we'll have time we'll go through it amen in the old testament or before Jesus was manifested in flesh um, the bible talked about the Echad. that is here O Israel the Lord your God is one Lord one Lord, a cat. The Hebrew word is a cat. One. And that one is not um, absolute one. It is it's like um, the same a cat was used by Moses. Moses said that a man will leave his father's house and be joined to his wife and they shall become one flesh. So over there, he's talking about two people becoming one. So over there, the, the distinction of the Trinity was there. The Father, the Son, the Holy Ghost, one. That's a cat. But in, in the Gospels, Colossians chapter 1, verse 9, 
He said, Colossians chapter 1 verse 9. He said, for, uh, for this cause, we also, since the day we heard it, did not cease to pray for you and desire that man filled with the knowledge of his will and all wisdom and understanding. Go ahead. That he might walk worthy of the Lord unto all pleasing, being fruitful in every good work and increasing the knowledge of God. Continue. Strength with all might according to the glorious power, unto all patience and long suffering with joyfulness. Go to 19. Go to 19. Yes. For it pleased the Father that in him should all fullness dwell. Now go to Colossians chapter 2, verse 9. So put that in mind. For it pleased the Father that in him should all fullness dwell. He said, verse 9. He said, For in him Christ dwelleth all the fullness of the Godhead body leads. So the fullness of the Godhead. Father, Son, Holy Ghost, it dwells in Jesus bodily. So when you go to heaven, there's a body that contains the fullness of the Godhead. So, in, 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 after Jesus Christ died and resurrected, the, the, the miracle that happened, I'll call it a miracle that happened was that, that a cat became a yakid. A cat is different, different people becoming one. Then yakid is all the one becoming an absolute one. Did you catch it? So when you go to heaven, you not see the father. And Jesus is walking around, always begging. Father! Father! No. There's one. Okay, we have an advocate with the father. Lago Baridekeshe. Let me ask you a question. Have you ever heard anybody say things like, my, our company bought a land last week. Have you had, heard anybody say anything like that? No, no. Let's interact, right? Our company bought a land last week. You heard it before. Is the company a human being? So when Jesus Christ said, our Father who art in heaven, he was not referring to a person. He didn't catch it. Now, 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 now. Now, 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 you see why I didn't want to say it? Because now. <laughs> He's referring to the throne. If you were a giant in the earth camp, you understand everything I'm saying. I took time to extensively why we say Jesus is the most high God. Because to say Jesus is the most high God, listen now, is, 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 is it's either true or blasphemy. Because some of you don't understand what you're saying. Jesus. If a Jewish man walks in here, he'll be angry. A Jewish man who's not a Christian will be angry that you say Jesus is the most high God. El Elohi Israel. That is Jesus, a man. No, it cannot be. It cannot be because they knew that the El Elion, El it just cannot be Jesus because to say he's the most high God. Because when the Jews are about to say prayer, the first thing they say is Deuteronomy chapter 6, verse 4. Hear, O Israel, the Lord your God is one Lord. That's, that's when you listen to that song, Most High God. I said, Shema Israel, Adonai Elohim, Adonai Akad. Hear, O Israel, the Lord your God is one Lord. It's one Lord. So to say that that one Lord. Is Jesus? No, you must be joking. You must be joking. To say Jesus is that one Lord, it must be, it's either it is truth or it is blasphemy because you can't say it. Let me help you guys. Alright, go to Genesis chapter 1, verse 1. We are still on divine consciousness, amen. So they have relaxed, have relaxed. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Now, in Hebrew, one word here is not okay. Why am I? I'm confusing you. Let's let's leave it. In Hebrew, one word here is not translated. In Hebrew, because to be for that word to be translated. I wish I brought the diagram so do you understand. For one word to be, uh, um, for, for that word, if it is translated, it won't make sense grammatically, both Hebrew-wise and English-wise. It won't make sense. The word over there is, over there in Hebrew is a left tab. 
<laughs> Alright. Now, that word is not captured in Genesis 1 verse 1. Because that particular one is supposed to... Ex- uh, um, let me explain something about Moses when he was writing. He wrote strictly by revelation. Some of the things he wrote, he didn't understand. Because that's what God told him to write. You understand? So, he was doing dictation. Do you understand? So, he wrote it as God gave it to him. So, the Aleph and Tav, which is beginning and end. Or what we say, Alpha and Omega. That's the Aleph and Tav. So, the Aleph and Tav is captured in Genesis 1 verse 1. And that is the absoluteness of God. The beginning and the end. And I told you, the beginning and the end is not on a straight line. The beginning and the end is on the same place. Do you understand? Where God began is where he ended. Now, in the book of Revelations, Jesus Christ used the same left half. He said, I am the beginning and the end. So the God of creation, Genesis chapter 1 verse 1, is the same God in Revelation chapter 1. And Jesus Christ said, I am the Alpha and the Omega. Alright, I've succeeded in confusing you. But I hope some of you understood it. Because some of you are thinking that God is there and Jesus is deputy God. And the Holy Ghost is the errand boy. <laughs> I used this to explain to some people one time. I said, the sun, right? The sun. The sun. Have you seen the sun? The sun up there. Right? Can you separate the light of the sun and the heat of the sun? From the sun. I'm helping to understand the trinity. The sun is there itself. And there's the light of the sun. And there's the heat of the sun. Jesus is the light of the sun. I'm just using to explain. The sun itself is the father. The company. Alright? Then there's the light of the sun. Obviously he's the express image. When we want to experience God, we experience Jesus. Our experience of Jesus is the experience that we've had with God. Philip said, show us the Father. He said, have you been with me and you have not known the Father? Then, the Holy Ghost is the heat of the sun. If we want to feel God, we feel the Holy Ghost. Look at the and thank God. Speak in other tongues. Praise God. Praise God. We are still on divine consciousness. Amen. Yeah, yeah divine consciousness. <laughs> Jesus is amazing. You know, and when you understand some of these things through the scriptures, your Christianity is stronger and it produces more results. Are you listening? It produces more results. Because for you not to understand who Jesus is. Now, another thing too is the Jesus who walked on earth and healed many people is not the same, really, as the Jesus who resurrected from the dead. There's a big difference between them. So you can look at the scriptures, you know, and see, you know, Jesus Christ came to model God for us. He came to model God for us. How God anointed Jesus Christ of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost on the power, who went about doing good, and him then the oppressor of the devil. Now, amazing. How God anointed Jesus Christ. So God anointed God with God. What a mystery. <laughs> David said, the Lord said to my Lord. The Lord said to my Lord. It's not today we'll talk about that one. That means God said to God. Wow. I'm growing in grace and in the knowledge of God and in my divine consciousness. See, when you understand all these things, you, you, you would extol Jesus, you would, you would worship Jesus, your prayer would be different. Ever since I had an encounter with Jesus, everything changed for me. Everything changed for me. I just, everything changed. Wow. And I, I called a friend one day, I said, look, we are preaching a Jesus we do not know. Oh, we know that he died on the cross. Yeah, he died on the cross. Then they ask you, who is Jesus? He died on the cross. Now, so, now, so now when I hear people saying, he died for our sins, he died for our sins. Look at him and say, do you know Jesus? 
Like Pastor Chris said, he said, if you ever meet Jesus, your knees will buckle. One time I was in Kumasi like that and I was praying. 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 I didn't plan to pray long. But by the time I was done praying for one hour, I found myself going to two hours. I found myself going to three hours. And I found myself, as I kept praying, there was a presence that came into the room. I was like, okay, ooh. Ooh. Like if somebody was walking close to the wall and the wall was doing something. I'm like, ooh. Wow. I won't have time to talk into details about that. But then, that is where it all begins. Your, your revelation of Jesus. Who Jesus is. Amen. Who Jesus is. Start pursuing your knowledge of Christ. Rather than pursuing other things. Start, you know, Paul said, he said, um, the excellency of the knowledge. He talks about the excellency of the knowledge. You know what the excellency of the knowledge of Christ is? It's not in the big revelation. Because when the excellency of the knowledge, when, when you are apprehending Jesus in the scriptures, sometimes big revelations might try to dissuade you. Then you see one big revelation, like, wow, I can really preach this somewhere. Then you just put it down. No, no, no. When you are looking, look, it's, look for the simple Jesus in the scriptures. And I said, the whole of scripture is just speaking about Jesus. The whole of scripture is speaking about Jesus. I won't have time to talk about it in detail. But maybe one day we'll have a time and we'll go through the message of Jesus. When you encounter Jesus, everything changes. You will stop coming to church because you have a need. When you encounter Jesus, you would look in, in, in service. You, all the problems can still be there, yet there's only one that your heart longs after. The men of old, Abraham, and they all saw, they all saw one day that, you know, you know, there, there's something that was supposed to come. Obviously, they looked forward to that day. Jesus Christ was with the people and told them, he said, Abraham rejoiced to see my day. And he said, Abraham rejoiced to see my day. How? How did Abraham see your day? The likes of Abraham, Bible called Abraham a prophet. He saw the day of Jesus in the spirit. He saw that day. He saw that day. And David saw it. He said, this is the day that the Lord has made. He's not talking about Monday or Tuesday. He said, there's a day that the Lord will make. Different from Monday to Tuesday to Wednesday. There's a day that the Lord will make. This is the day that the Lord has made. He said, when that day comes, we will rejoice and be glad in it. David saw that day. David saw the day of Christ. And when he saw it, the next thing he did was to tell Solomon, we need to build. We need to build. We need to build. Because David was a prophet and he saw that when Christ is revealed, there must be a building. When Christ is revealed, there must be a building. Peter saw it too. When Christ was revealed in the transgression, he said, we must build. He said, Master, let us build. Are you catching it? Peter saw it and realized that no. Because that is how it's supposed to be. When Christ is revealed, you must tent. You must build. So Peter said, Master, let us build three tents. So one for you, one for Moses, one for Elijah. Jesus Christ said, this is not the time. Because there will be a time Christ revealed. And when it's revealed, he will build. And that building is a temple not made with hands. He's talking about us. We are the temple of God. We are that building that the, that the revelation of Christ dwells in. You understand who you are as a Christian? We are that building where that ultimate revelation of Christ is built in. Abraham would have been happy to be here today. Jacob would have been happy to, to, to be here today. When Jacob was prophesying to his children, when Jacob was prophesying to his children in Genesis chapter 49, oh, oh, Genesis chapter 49, I'll end with that. Genesis 49, verse 10. This is when he was speaking to Judah. From a sign to Judah. He said, The scepter shall not depart from Judah. No, and leave a lawgiver from between his feet. He said, Until Shiloh come. Until Shiloh come. Alright, alright. Until Shiloh come. He said, The scepter will be with Judah. The law will be with Judah. Until Shiloh come. Oh, oh, oh. Give me the NIV. You'll understand it better. Shiloh, come. 
The, the scepter will not depart from Judah, nor the ruler's staff from between his feet, until he comes to whom it belongs, and the obedience of the nations is his. Speak in tongues. The obedience of the nations is for our God. The obedience of the nations is for our Jesus. The scepter shall not depart from Judah, nor a lawgiver. He said, until he comes to whom it belongs. Until he comes to whom it belongs. Kalo Sheke Parada. Judah will keep the scepter until Jesus comes. He said, until Shiloh come. Lifting our hands to you.
Dwelling within our prayer. 